Hi there. Welcome in, bienvenue, and welcome to my worst audition ever, the podcast where I, Danny Vitorino, sit down with a guest and we discuss their worst audition ever. Quick tidbit, we are now available to Android and iOS users alike. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Don't forget to subscribe and leave some thoughts, some love, and if you're brave enough, your worst audition ever. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Worst Audition Ever Podcast. Whoop, whoop. Today, I am sitting down with Shane Zimmerman. Hi, Shane. Hi, I'm very excited to be here. Yes, baby. I'm excited for you to be here. <laughs> so Shane, tell us what type of performer are you basically? I consider myself to be a stage and screen actor. Okay. Is there a balance between the two? One or more of the other? Well, I would definitely say more stage acting just because a lot of my training and everything, actually most of the things that I've ever done were always live on stage. I've done some camera work and camera work is fun, but what I love most about stage acting is that literally the only thing that you need to put something up is literally a space and people and then obviously people to come and watch, but you know, with film, everything's just, there's a lot more that's going on. It's more of the production and the lights and the sound and everything. The angle. Exactly. Yeah. I just really appreciate the like, uh, uh, the more like communal, more kind of like human aspect of just connection between somebody on stage and the person that's live there with you. Yeah. No, I do like that too. It's different with film because you have to think, you know, I have to give this story yeah, and I mean, a certain th- there's a lot more because like you justice. also got to figure like, oh, well, when I said that line before, I was I was looking over in that direction and you want to mm-hmm. worry about continuity. Yeah. And to me, it just seems like for film acting, like th- it's a lot more very specific techniques. Very detailed. Very detail oriented. Yeah. Not that stage doesn't have that. It is, but it's a different sense. So exactly. You can sense if the audience isn't feeling it, if the audience is maybe depending on what you're performing if it's a musical maybe you know you can switch things up to get a laugh or you know get them intrigued if it's like a matinee you know but if it's a serious play of course you want to keep going with the character you can't like fuck up the character's truth (laughs) exactly exactly a reaction but um yeah no okay so that's cool yeah where are you from shane i'm from rochester new york i'm actually from well really a a suburb outside of rochester new york called Mm -hmm. webster new york Oh. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's like the, what I tell people in, in New York City all the time is that like, I'm actually from upstate New York. <laughs> a lot of people here think it's like, oh, Westchester, like upstate, that's north of the city. And it's like, no, I'm like lake effect snow, like all the <laughs> way up there, kind of upstate New York. Like almost Canada. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I also lived in Buffalo for a little bit too. And I really oh, like sure. that. Yeah. What are you usually typed as when you go into an audition or when you're looking at auditions? What do you, what's, what's the type that you are? I am like very typically like the white, uh, more masculine kind of jock character. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that a, a big part of what I do and like why people might want me to do something is that like I do kind of have a goofy side of me too. Like I'm not, you know, like I'm not saying like I'm a, leading man like John Travolta kind of character uh maybe I never really thought about that until right now but like maybe kind of like a Chris Pratt I would say you know like somewhere in that kind of like a mix of like goofy goofy hunky but at the same time like down to earth kind of person yeah yeah yeah, for sure I would say okay 
what is some previous work that you've done? Like So in that regard, I mean, when I was in college, I played uh, Demetrius in A Midsummer Night's Dream in a 1960s okay. sort of theme to it. So I was very much so like the 1960s, like... I, I had like the college jersey and all that kind of a stuff. And so I played that end of it. But then I also did things where I was uh, a little more like uh, dirty and scrummy where like, we did the show called Bomb and Gilead, where um, basically it was all about uh, the way that drugs and addiction lead to a downward spiral and how literally that can affect anyone yeah and anybody that does affect at some point in time was somebody's son somebody's daughter somebody's child and how nobody chooses to get there so also the little bit you know like the, the more serious i guess kind of role something that you know like maybe like the jock that would be killed third would be you know n- not so much that yeah all right, I can I can hear the heater <laughs> in the background. You Incredible. can just like hear the heat coming on. It's gonna get hot in here, guys. Oh yeah, you're in the hot seat. What are some of your strengths as a performer? That's a good one, you know, because I think something that I do too much is not give myself enough credit for the things we all that do. I do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's hard. I mean, I feel like period. It's hard to say, oh, I did a good job when you just want. Um, but I would say that my strengths are my stage presence and my uh, adaptability because I've been very fortunate to get a lot of different roles and different works. Yeah. Like everything from something that is more of a lead to something that is ensemble to something that is like a full collaboration between all different kinds of people. And I, I, I think for any performer, adaptability is really, really important. It is. You have to be able to adapt and, ex- you know, just uh, experience. Because even if you're in the same show three different times, if it's a different cast that you're with, there's different energies that they're bringing. There's Absolutely. different flavors they're bringing to, you know, their characters. And there's a different set maybe, you know, and that's different energy there. It's totally adaptable no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Cause, I mean, like even somebody like Kristen Chenoweth, like, yeah. yes, she was absolutely incredible and wicked, but... She's, she didn't spend her whole life just to do that role. Yeah. She needs to go out and be able to be her own person and yeah. figure out what other things she could be good at. So I think that's, I really do think that's a strength of mine of not being complacent or stuck to one kind of character mm-hmm. or one kind of way of doing something. You're very open to the idea of opportunities. Yeah, because I think that being open and honest is really important. Good. What are some of your weaknesses? So uh, I'll admit that's probably an area where it's more in the forefront of my head when it comes to certain Uh things because I can be very down on myself. But um, something that I think that I could definitely be better at that is one of my weaknesses is having, uh, not having, but utilizing specific techniques. Mm -hmm. You know, they say like the whole point of technique is to learn the technique and know it so well that it doesn't show that you have technique. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I feel like all that technique just kind of goes out the window. And, you know, like it's so it's so much easier to fall back into uh, bad habits or something like that. Whereas certain certain techniques and acting, I mean, like whether you believe that a role requires um, 
it could be more movement uh, based, whatever. It could be if you think that you really want to pull out like a Stanislavski method or if it's something that's really emotionally intense and you want to use Meisner. I, I, I don't think that I'm always so good at like specifying exactly what technique I'm doing. It just sort of ends up getting morphed into whatever Shane decides is right for that particular thing. Yeah. No, I think that that's usually what professors or like people who, um, who you know, teach and, and go through acting with you. Like they give you these methods, but like at the end of the day, whatever works for you, you know, they're tools. You Absolutely. take this from that and that from this and you make your own form, you know, of whatever you're doing. I think um, I think it's Al Pacino on um, Inside the Actor Studio that says something along the lines of that, where it's like at the end of the day, like not all advice works the best for every kind of yeah. actor. Yeah. By the end of the day, like you really end up deciding your own technique. And and again, like I think I think that is something to be proud of for myself. But at the same time, I think it's something that like you're constantly watching. Exactly. Like I I wish that I could. I mean, like, I feel like any performer kind of wishes, like, what what would it be like to do a uh, a Chekhov play or something like that with yeah, pure strictly... Stanislavski, like they would have done it in Russia? Like, I just feel like that would be really cool, and it's something that I kind of lose grip on. I think sometimes. Yeah, I feel like you get caught in your head too much with it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're like thinking. And then you're overthinking and then you lose track and then you're like, fuck, you know, which is fine. Yeah, I think I mean, it happens to everybody. Everyone, for sure. You know, in their own like whether you're a singer, you're a dancer. Oh, yeah. Especially like dancing. You, that's method. You need to be on point. Mm-hmm. If you're doing something fussy, it needs to be fussy. If you're doing something, I don't know, more if it's like a strict 1950s tap, you mm-hmm. know, you need to be that way because if it's not yeah it's going to be seen and noticeable because it's so in your face whereas a lot of actors methods isn't really seen Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because it's a way of going about um, a role or a truth you know so there is that thing of like it's more visual so it's maybe more enhanced in their minds but it's still there for actors too and it sucks because it's not as visual Mm -hmm. and so maybe that's where you get lost because I, it's like, fuck, you know, uh, you know, one hand it's this, one hand it's that. In the back of my mind, I think I always kind of uh, go back into like a dancer kind of philosophy. Because mm. really, when it comes to like my journey or path as a performer, I kind of really started dance first. Mm-hmm. But I started it a little bit later than I really would have liked to. Yeah. Because w- when I first kind of got introduced to the world of dance, I love and I still to this day love ballet. Yeah. If you know anything about ballet, I mean, it is very much so about the technique. Yep. People applaud and drool over the fact that people can be so elegant and beautiful with such technique, you know? And it makes it very different than anything else, whether it be jazz, modern, whatever. Like, ballet is very, very, very specific in that regard that it's almost all about the technique. Yeah. But again, I think that's one of the reasons that I kind of like fell out of that world a little bit just because I got hard on myself and I didn't believe that I had the technique that I 
needed to do. I agree. I think it's it's always in the back of your head, but it's always at the forefront as well. And it's and and it's a good thing, but not, it's also a curse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because eventually, you don't you don't want everybody to see the technique that you're doing. No. You do want to kind of throw it out the window a little bit, but I definitely think that it's something I could be a little more conscious about. Yeah. So tell me, Stain, what is your worst audition ever? Yes. I uh, I definitely have a very specific one. Tell me, tell me. So I uh, I moved to the city um, about a year and a half ago, and it took me it took me a little bit, you know, to kind of feel settled and like feel comfortable with myself and mm-hmm. put myself out there. I feel like a lot of the the classic sort of like negative feelings that an an artist coming to New York City kind of feels. Yeah, the nerves of it all. Exactly, exactly. And then so with that, I got one day I guess I got on some sort of application kick and you just throw yourself out to as many possibilities that there are hoping that you get something in return. And I was fortunate enough to audition for a production. We'll just call it a production. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this production, I mean, they wanted uh, like a 32 bar cut. They expressed that there was going to be a dance call and they wanted monologue work. Uh, so, I mean, I had no problem with the monologues. I have like a giant kind of scrolling list uh page in my ipad that just has all these monologues that it can choose from for an audition got that all uh taken care of uh movement wise i'm comfortable with my body and i wasn't really worried about that so much but what really got my anxiety going was the singing part of the audition i had i mean like i had done musicals in high school and like dabbled a little bit of it in college but i always knew that i was more of I guess like a quote-unquote straight stage or screen actor those Mm -hmm. other things I wanted to leave up to the people who are just as passionate as I am about acting to the people that want to sing and dance I want to see those people on stage but after just moving to New York City not really fulfilling myself artistically I said you know what like this is something I've done before I'm gonna get everything together I'm gonna go to the audition early so that I can get there warm up do my thing and it's going to be great. I just, I, I had to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. Well, so I get there. I get there early. I'm the first one. There's nobody there. I'm like, great. This is perfect. I, 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 I can get into my zone. I can do everything that I need to do. I'm going to ace this thing. Mm-hmm. Naively confident. Because when I showed up, as opposed to them saying, oh, well, we're going to start on time. It was sort of like, oh my God, what a blessing. Like you, you're here early. Let's get you in here and get going right oh, away. I hate that. I know. It could because God, you just want a time like just some time for yourself to, to collect yourself. Didn't happen and you know, like I'm gonna roll with the punches. I put down my bag, take off my coat, I get my binder with my music and everything, and I bring it over to the accompanist. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> do my song. I could tell right away. I'm like, these people know that I'm not a fierce belter. These people know that I yeah, I can hold a note. I did acapella in college. What did you sing? What did I sing? Um, <laughs> Do you remember? I think I sung... Oh, it was um, Old Devil Moon from Finian's Rainbow. It's an old one. Oh, nice. Old Devil Moon. 16 bar? 16... Th- oh, God. Th- well, that's the thing. I mean, like... I 32? I, oh, you're not... You're I, not a I, singer, singer. No, I'm not. I mean, like, I, I, know, I know the lingo. Like, I know about it. But... 
oh god i for in that instance i just kind of did what i had to do because i guess i was kind of i wanted to prove to myself that like i had the energy or just like the fortitude something that that i could prove to myself that like you know what no like i just have to make this happen in new york city yeah so you went in and you sang this song what sang happened the song uh, well, it went fine. Okay, now we'll see your monologues. To say anything, I, I had to do a Shakespeare monologue and then a contemporary monologue. And for whatever reason in that moment, I said, I, I will be doing a monologue from... I froze. Couldn't remember for the life of me the fact that the monologue was from The Merchant of Venice. <laughs> and I just said, this is a monologue from... Shakespeare. Oh shit! And just kind of went along They're with like, it. They were like, "Great." They were like, "Oh, cool, Shakespeare." What a Shakespeare. Fun show. Never heard of that. Never heard of it. Must so be that contemporary. Yeah. So I mean, that was <laughs> fine. And then, so I knew that there was going to be a dance call. They just wanted to like see how he moved and everything. So like, I mean, like I had like uh, joggers underneath my skin tight corduroy pants uh-huh. i had a button-up shirt but underneath it i had like an athletic shirt and i'm figuring like once more people get here they're gonna ho- they're gonna corral us they're gonna bring us in and then we're gonna go through a movement piece it's gonna be great so i'm ready to like after my monologue i'm ready to go over to the piano grab my music and get out of there so that i could go warm up yeah. and then they're just like okay and now we're gonna do the movement piece <gasps> and like i said i'm oh, wearing shit. like skin tight corduroy pants and it became very clear like fairly early on in the audition process i was like oh my god like these people like they're looking for the triple threat and that's great that's fine there are plenty of people out there who can do that that kind of stuff that's not me though you know (laughs) you set yourself up for the wrong thing i just really really naively did and so I mean, like one of the first things was doing a lunge. Mm -hmm. I I think it was something so simple as that. I couldn't move. I couldn't move at all. I go into a lunge that's really more just like I stepped out. You just just freeze? I just froze. (laughs) No. So after I go into that. This heater is really loving your story. It is. It's It's clapping me on. Yes. Um. As I go into this lunge, that's not really a lunge because I can't move my leg, I realize that my cell phone has been in my front pocket this entire time. So it looks like you're an asshole. It looks like I'm just a not prepared, like, must have, I don't know, crawled up through the subway performer just wasting these people's time. And I felt terrible i mean there was music that went along with this movement piece and after going through it with the choreographer two or three times Mm -hmm. he was like yeah i think we we've seen all we need to see i know how you move now like that's it thank you we'll call you yeah exactly don't call us we'll call you but honestly so even i would def so afterwards on my way out the door the only good thing that i could take from this whole experience was that uh the person um uh who she was actually she was behind the desk but like also like helping people getting in and out of the room was like wow you have a really good headshot have a nice day and that was it silver lining the exactly the silver lining um but then what what i even though it was probably the worst audition that i ever had what i loved about it afterwards was that i couldn't stop laughing at myself for just the whole experience and like i just was able to kind of to literally find the silver lining of it and just realize that like 
I mean, in New York City, like, auditioning is a game. It's a game that's going to go on and on and on. Like, whether you have a good audition, whether you have a bad audition, yeah. like, you can't take it to heart, you know? Maybe maybe Destiny didn't want me to do this thing. And then I actually found um, a post for it later on that in all capital letters saying something like, we are looking for triple threats, which would have been, I guess, nice to know in the original casting call. What was the role for? Was it like a new work? It was a new work. It was, um, I don't want to, I guess, I mean. I'm Johnny just... down the street. Yeah. Sells, uh, sells bakery goods. It was about uh, Salvador uh, Dali, if I'm yeah. saying that name right. Um, basically, it, it was about how everybody knows him for being such a famous, brilliant artist, but he actually had like a lot of like sexy boy like muses that he corralled and did god knows what with that they needed a bunch of sexy boy triple threats and again the muses yeah i mean that's great that's fine and dandy but like that wasn't me and i didn't necessarily really realize that going into the audition which ended up being my worst one ever but sometimes i'm yeah no but sometimes the the breakdown is really ambiguous and you're like absolutely I can do this. You know what I mean? From like what it says. But then in reality you get there and you're like, Oh, this is not for me. No, this is not for me. And then you can't back out because you're already there and you're like, well, I want to just see what happens and, you know, give it my all. And then, you know, cause you never know. Exactly. Um, no. I just think that it's funny. It was. That and that you did a lunge and, in corduroy did you freeze or was that just my imagination no i I, that comedic route i went through it the best that i could wearing (laughs) what i did you're just like hey all right and we're gonna go did you wait so you kept the corduroys on i mean like what was i supposed to do like off you had joggers underneath no yeah whole outfit underneath so you were wearing two outfits and you did movement I was just expecting I was just <laughs> expecting the whole thing to go so much differently than it actually did. Yeah. But uh, c'est la vie, you know, it's, it's, it's the worst audition. Exactly. On to the next one, On learn from next. your mistakes, you know. Yeah. I mean to 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 help you feel a little better, I went to an audition. It was a dance call um and it was just not I, it wasn't you um, knew from the get go. Yeah. The moment I was there um, everybody knew each other in the holding room, which was always a great feeling. Um, and then there you are, the sore you know. thumb. Yeah, you pop your headphones in and you just do your own thing. And then, you know, went into the, the room and it was like more of a ballet, jazz, high energy situation. And I was, I thought it was just jazz. Mm-hmm. So I was like preparing like a little like, hey, he, ha, but I'm Get your faucet on. Yeah. yeah. But it was really like, kick your face and and jump. Yeah, that was not for me. Um, But I learned um, to just laugh. You know, they were definitely like, can you go into the back? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go to the back. I'll leave if you want me to leave. Just just, like give me the side. You want me like out in the hall? Like Like, twice and I will leave. (laughs) So I was there. I actually left my coffee in there. um, And they did um, callbacks right after. So I had to like sneak in. Oh and my they, god! I could see them eyeballing me from the corner that they were in, um, and they were just like, "What the fuck is this kid doing here?" I just like snuck in, like crept, like Pink Panther walk, like <laughs> dun, 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 like walked in, grabbed my coffee. Mind you, 
I like did like an Indiana Jones swap. So I grabbed my coffee and I had like a sweater in my hand and I like put the sweater where it was and like backed out slowly. And then I like <laughs> did a twist, shut the door. And as the door shut behind me, I just remember thinking, where the fuck is my sweater? And, and you were like, like I can't go back. And, did you go back in like, to get no, it? I, I couldn't go back. Of in course twice. not. Are you kidding me? They would have shot me with a goddamn rifle. Like, <laughs> so I just, you know, Isn't lost it, a sweater. It's so funny, though, me. how like I feel as though as a performer, it really is important to w- when you have the worst audition that you think you're ever going to have yeah. to learn from it and laugh at it and just realize that yeah. like it, it's part it's part of the whole game of auditioning. It's part of the game of life. You know, like yeah. you're going to fall. You're going to screw you can't up. Take it too seriously. That's the whole all. point of this podcast. Absolutely. You know what I mean, yeah, because everybody has their own form Mm -hmm. of a worst audition like i've talked to some people and i'm like you know what's your worst audition and they're always like i don't have one and i'm like you definitely have one like you're just denying it even if it's like a really weird one or like you know or they really don't think they have one or they're just that good i know some people who are just that good but not everyone is i still don't believe that even if you're that good i do but like i'm yeah I'm sh- like I said. I'm sure Kristen Chenoweth like flubbed an audition or <laughs> oh, two. Yeah, of course. She's fabulous, and it doesn't make her any less fabulous. But it like, makes it- you better having a worse Ab- audition. I would think so. There you go. Because you learn, you know, and you and you have something to laugh about and and a story to go to. Absolutely. You know, a reason um, to come on your podcast. Yeah, of course. <laughs> which I love. I love hearing people's stories. Um, hey, so do you have any pre-audition rituals? Something that you do before to like get yourself into the jive of auditioning. Yeah, uh, for me specifically, mm-hmm. um, I really try to, even though my mind or intuition might say otherwise, um, when it comes to like the work itself, I really do my best to trust myself mm-hmm. um, so w- with the material and everything like that. Try to know and make sure that I know that I know it best up until that point. So like, I mean, like, yeah, I stretch and I warm up and like that kind of stuff. Um, if it's obviously like if something is later on in the evening versus in the morning, I can kind of trust that my voice has been warmed up throughout the day um, after going to the gym and talking with people all day, you know. But for me, like when it comes to like real like pre-audition prep, a major thing is that I need to make sure that I have my headshots printed and ready. I need to make sure that my resume is stapled, that I at least have a couple of them because I feel like I've seen so many people like right before a big audition being like, oh oh my God, I, I... I, I have to run to Staples really quick. I, I just, I, I need the headshot. I need the, and I'm like, that is the damn last thing that I want to worry about yeah. when I'm about to go into a room of strangers to try to prove to them that I might be right for whatever it is that they're doing. I like to just make sure that all of that stuff mm-hmm. is done way before. I think all that's prep work. Yeah. I think that's a huge part of it for me. It's just like the preparedness, I think. What's your post audition? Do you have a post-audition ritual that you do? Post? Yeah. I would say... Do you need to, like... Whether it's a really good audition or a really bad audition mm-hmm. is just kind of having a sense of just, like, letting it go. You know, like... Okay. You you go in there, you do your work, and then when everything's done, whether it was good or bad, everything is out of your hands. I mean, like... I, I think that it can be a really good thing. Um, I, I mean, like, way down the line. I mean, like, sending a follow-up email and, like, all that kind of stuff. But, like, 
I think I'm just such an emotional creature that like I can build up like all of this angst when it comes to auditioning, auditioning, letting it go in the room and doing my work so that when I'm done, mm-hmm. I can give myself a pat on the back. I can acknowledge that I did something positive for myself, that I did something that is fulfilling, that I uh, am passionate about. And then I can take a deep breath, feel all that positivity. And then, I mean, I, I think it's the thing about the city. You, you've got to go right back into something else, you know? I mean, not everybody has the luxury of being to being able to audition and then coming home and like having a bubble bath and like yeah. lighting candles like that i i wish that's literally all my life consisted of of relaxing <laughs> and auditioning Some you know what do i mean have that life and so a lot of people have that luxury and that's great yeah. i i don't but in order to make my dreams come true and do what i need to do for myself in order to obtain that mm-hmm. uh it i, I think it kind of ties back into what we were saying before about how it's part of this grander game. It's part of this grander thing. And after an audition, I just want to feel calm and collected and then be able to go into my day and be stable enough to attack the next thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So do you have any upcoming work that you're doing? End of the holidays just happened. Yeah, I know. And we're approaching uh, audition season. Yeah, I know. I, well, something I'm excited for is that this will be really like the first quote-unquote audition season where like, I feel ready and prepared to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am very excited about that. But I'm also uh, doing a play uh, as part of Winter Festival here in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's called A Therapy Session with Myself. It's going to be on the uh, it's the 16th, uh, the 19th, and then, excuse me, because w- a lot of festivals in New York City, like dates and stuff like that, are a little skewy. So, yeah. excuse me, the 15th, the 16th, and then 19th of this <clears> month. <throat> I'm really excited about it. I think it's got a lot of potential. It's been really fun to work with everybody. And I honestly think that's one of my favorite things about just doing theater, doing acting, period, is the people that you get to meet and collaborate and yeah. share your passion with. No, it's so true. It really is. Meeting different people, getting different vibes, getting different contacts. Absolutely. Um, okay, so each week we have a word of the week. Tell you the word for this week, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, what it means cool. to you, whatever it is, whatever vibe you're feeling. Um, so the word for this week is discover. What does that mean to you? Discover. In any sense of the word, or in- discover to me means being open and honest enough with yourself your current situation whatever it may be stressing the importance of openness and honesty so that you can learn something new something that you didn't know before and realize that not not that you were not that you were lesser because of something that you just discovered but Mm -hmm. like honestly being able to open yourself up and say no i learned something new i didn't know this before and i'm so grateful that i discovered whatever it may be and i think in acting specifically um being in rehearsals and being able to discover moments discover different tactics that you might want to use discover different moments you need you need to be open to discovering those things because if you go in thinking that you know it all and you know it's going to happen that doesn't leave room for discovery yeah 
yeah so i i hope that kind of ties in maybe with what you were thinking it's whatever i just wanted your take okay cool. i like to get everybody's different takes on different words and whatever it's just whatever your truth is with that go with it amen right. um what are some social platforms people can find you well i feel like uh facebook is slowly dying or at least might die I in the next so couple too. years yeah yeah, yeah no, I well do i mean that. Like, honestly, like, it seems to be that, like, Instagram and Twitter are kind of where it's at because it seems yeah. to be a little bit more controlled and focused. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm I'm on Twitter and Instagram pre- uh, a lot. It's just at Shane Zim with three M's instead of two uh-huh. um, for both of them. Yeah. Okay. Follow Shane Zim. Mm. Um Thank you, Shane, so much. I had such a great time sitting down with you and listening to your lunges and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Danny, thank you for having me. This was really, really fun. Good. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.